what we do here is go back, 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 back. Now, if you actually look at the game, um, outside of my bad juju with the wing order, it will never happen again, I can assure you. Welcome back to another edition of the Raider Take Podcast. I am Mike McDonald. With me, as always, is Andy McDonald. And what the hell is going on? Because uh, that was rough. Sunday was very rough. It was a tale of two halves. We are coming into week three against the Titans. Got a lot to touch on, a lot to talk about. But first, as always, Andrew, how are you? Well, you know, man, I'm uh, doing all right. It was just a, it's a tough Sunday. Um, for all that you watch the game, Raider fans, I am sorry for you. I'm sorry for me. I'm sorry for everyone. That was a, was a brutal way to lose a game. Um, we'll dive into it, but, you know, we're moving on. Um, we have the luxury of talking about the game, you know, the half of the previous week, um, and it's a way for us to really turn the page. Um, for good or for worse, in this point, it's for good because, man, Sunday was bad. So, I'm all right, man. I think we're we're owing to not where we expected to be, but you know, let's dive into this game. Let's just get this part over with. I'm not excited about this part of the episode, Micah. I hope you know. So yeah, let's let's move on here. Let's get into this game um, last week. So um, preview this on the pod. Had the Cardinals coming into town, as Micah mentioned. Taylor two halves. The Raiders are up twenty to nothing heading into halftime. End up losing in overtime, twenty nine twenty three. Um, Micah, I'll let you get your thoughts out, get your feelings out here on what, um, what you experienced, what you felt about the game on Sunday. Yeah, well, you know, I, I think I experienced uh, a lot of what a lot of fans uh, experience with uh, great highs and great joys for the first half of the game and then uh, just absolute despair and heartbreak uh, at, the, at the end of the game. Um, I did start to take some notes like as we were going, I was like, hey, let me be proactive and just take notes while I'm watching this. Um, so we've got uh, first half of my notes, all great things. Uh, second half of my notes, not great things. First half, um, I liked the combination. We saw, I think, one time, unless I missed any other time, they had a combo of uh, Josh Jacobs and White in the backfield where Jacobs was at fullback and they kind of had like a... Um, I don't know if it was a strong formation or weak formation, uh, I formation. Um, they gave it to Jacobs up the middle on like a little dive, but I liked seeing that. I was like, that's actually, that's not something I had really ever thought of or, or didn't know if that, that was necessarily in the repertoire of something that they might do. So kind of hope we see more of that, especially when it comes to playing off of the actual run game or even both of them out of the backfield would be cool. So I like that when I saw that. We murdered the time of possession in the first half. Um, it was absolutely outstanding, the amount of time that we had the ball, the amount of plays that we ran, um, the amount of plays that they didn't run on offense. Um, that's Those obviously go hand in hand. And Crosby and the defense completely dominated the first half. I thought that Rocky Sin and Hobbs had uh, good games and Meek Roberts had a good game. I think our corners played great. Um, you know, There were certain times where they had – some issues leaving people open or whatnot, but I thought when it came down to it, especially Rocky Sin, you know, on the goal line and, and whatnot towards the end of the game, I thought they all played great. We had nine penalties 
in the game, I believe, at least up until the point that I wrote it down. We had nine penalties. Now, luckily, it was for only like I like 65 yards or something little, which was, I mean, I think we had a couple holding penalties, which is only like five-yard stuff. But this is kind of the first time we've seen this team, you know, kind of commit that many penalties I and mean, that kind of like things. And then I, I wrote it down because the, the, uh, the announcers just completely botched the opportunity to kind of touch on this, but it was the rest versus rust. There was a point in, I think it had to have been the fourth quarter where there was 45 or 50 like regular time, like real life minutes went by uh, since DC was on the field. I guess it was 4 p.m. Pacific time and like 4.45 p.m. He just wasn't on the field or it was something along those lines, um, which was fantastic. But then they said they they started talking about things and they're like, yeah, you know, this is this is that old debate where it's like, did they get enough time to kind of rest and hang out? Or, you know, are they have they been sitting on the bench too long? And then they're, uh, you know, they're not ready to go out there. And I was like, dude, that's rest versus rest. You got to You got to call it rest versus rest. So. Yeah, I mean, all in all, this was the biggest point deficit that this team has ever given up in Raiders history, I believe, from what I saw. 20 points is the most. So that's fantastic. Yeah, it was just bad. Bad all around. I, I blame this loss, I would say, probably 90% on our offense, in my opinion. At one point, the defense was out there. Um, they had 51 plays in the second half under their belt at, um, I think, the point that the uh, Cardinals had the ball for that last drive to end up tying the game. But it was just, I mean, it was all bad. We got away from the run. We you know, were just vanilla going out there in the second half, trying. I, I felt like they just got very conservative. Call it a play call thing. Call it, you know, D.C. not necessarily being aggressive like he had been before. Whatever it was. I mean, obviously Renfro fumbled twice. That will never help you whatsoever. But I don't know. Just all around disappointing game. I feel like that was probably... The biggest letdown game I think I've ever watched for the most part off the top of my head, almost I that feeling of that Washington game in 2017, how much that game was a letdown. I feel like it's like on that level or, or maybe even even worse than that. But as far as just the first one that comes to mind, uh, that would be that similar. But, you know, got to turn the page, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that I think we could talk about. It could be just one full episode of the second half. I mean, we get off to a hot start. I mean, it dominating, just completely dominating the game. And and I, you know, when we talked last week, I felt like this is definitely you know a game that we could, we should, um, we should dominate and then control. I didn't, you know, see us completely just owning them on both sides of the ball for the first half, and and it was just pleasantly surprised, just pleasantly surprised. And so, you know, we it's let me paint the picture for a second. So we're you know watching the game. It's raining. We finally get some rain after it's been about a buck 40, you know, up here in the North Valley for about three weeks. We finally get some rain. We got some Raiders football on. They're up 20 to nothing at half. And now you blame the offense for the loss. I actually am going to hold some self-accountability here. I ordered wings. Okay. I ordered wings to get to, I'm just going to go pick up some wings at halftime and the wings were fine. Okay. They were good wings, but you know, I think I might've just been complacent at the time. I'm saying, I'm going to go just get some nice tasty wings and enjoy myself because we're having a dang good time. So I think there's a lot of fingers that could be pointed. I'm going to pull the thumb in this instance. I'm going to pull it right back at myself and say, maybe I shouldn't have got those wings, Micah. Okay. Now, if you actually look at the game um, outside of my bad juju with the wing order, it will never happen again. I can assure you. Yeah. I, th I think, 
you look at, you know, the, the defense, you know, being on the field for the majority of the second half um, didn't help. I think they slowly started to find answers. You know, we were able to, to get to Murray a little bit in the first half. And so they, they just started spreading us out. They started spreading us out and empty and, and just dinking and dunking and taking their time. And, you know, in the, in the first half, they were kind of getting a little cute and kind of running, you know, some under center, some double tights, some different things like that. And then we had an answer for it. We clearly were outmatched or we outmatched them as far as our secondary versus, you know, their skill, their skilled players. Like we mentioned, no Hopkins, no Rondale Moore. They cut Andy Isabella. So he wasn't even a potential thought. So once they, they, they made adjustments at the half and I'm not going to say that the defense didn't, but, but really, once they were able to spread us out, um, you know, we weren't able to get a pass rush. You know, Chandler Jones, you know, he was there. He was at the game. Um, not a lot of production. I'm not going to say, you know, why necessarily, but I just think that he just was, wasn't effective. You know, Crosby still generated a lot of pressure, but Murray sitting in shotgun, you know, four or five wide every time. You know, it's, it's really a, a way to slow down the pass rush a little bit, especially with some quick hitters. And he goes through his reads, just, you know, dumps it down to Zach Ertz, five, six yards. And then that's what they did, just dink and dunk and dink and dunk. And we, we couldn't get off the field on defense. So, you know, do I think that maybe our offense should sustain some more drives? Uh, absolutely. But, you know, really our defense, it was, a, it was a bend, don't break mentality. And then we eventually just broke, you know. At the end of the day, it's 23 to 7, you know, in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left. You got to win that ball game on both sides, you know, so. I think you look at the drive that, you know, the Raiders got where, you know, they went three and out um, and they were, I mean, they pinned us back. We got to stop. They pinned us back and I think 10, 15 yard line and went three and out three straight passes, you know, not sure where the run game went. Not sure if we're checking out. I think one of the plays actually I did, did see DC check out of the run um, and go to a pass and complete. So we weren't milking the clock. I mean, you don't really want to just completely slow it down and just run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. But like, at some point it needs to be balanced and and our offense wasn't able to sustain any drives. So didn't put up, you know, got a, got a field goal in the second half to make it 23 and didn't put, put up any points after that. So, you know, you look at, I don't know, a, a combination of things, you know, even, even when we are trying to throw the ball, you know, up big. And, and I think they did want to put it to him. You know, I think Carr, he struggled, you know, with accuracy issues. I think there was a lot of, a lot of times where he's, he's thrown off his back foot, his feet aren't set you know, different things that, that it was just odd to see car inaccurate at times. And, you know, one of those things that our offense wasn't clicking, our defense has to go back out on the field and, you know, you give Kyler Murray enough time, regardless of his options, he's a special, you know, special enough player to, to really create and, and um, be able to attack you and end up killing you. Now there's a lot to say about, you know, really the last three minutes plus overtime, you know, with, you know, I think that the drive to tie the game, um, at the end of the fourth quarter, as they tied it with zero seconds left, um, was like an freaking 18 play drive or something like that. I can look it up, but it was a damn long drive. And so, you know, there were so many times where we could have got off the field where there were so many times, like there was that one time where Max Crosby had him in the backfield. He shook him, ended up extending the play, finding someone in the back of the end zone. And, and, you know, it, it was just a, one of those slow, played holy shit i didn't realize we we're going to be screwed here because like i said even in the fourth quarter eight minutes left it's 23 to 7 um and we have a chance to really just end the ball game and, and and we didn't do that and our defense ended up giving it up twice touchdown two point touchdown two point overtime get a stop because that cardinals got the ball in overtime get a stop by two big plays by deron Harmon, and then the offense you know one to Hunter Renfro over the middle that he, he extends, he fumbles. We are lucky to recover it. We're inside of the 40 or inside 45, something like that. 
And then we throw the next play, throw the next play, Hunter Renfro gets stripped. They take to the crib, the end. So even then we're in a, a good field position where we could have, you know, could have ran the ball, been more careful with it, anything like that. I mean, you can't, you can't really put it on Renfro necessarily as far as that. He's, you know, both those times he's going to fight for extra yards and it was just good aggressive play by the defense and the angles that they took. But like, you know, at the end of the day, man, like where's Adams, where's Waller, where, where, where's our run game in that sense. And so Raiders got a lot of questions to answer and um, definitely a game that we should have easily controlled, even if we snuck out with a victory by touchdown is something that was a big letdown for the Raiders, big letdown for the fans. The fans are in panic mode. Certainly um, they have been all week. I for one am not, but it's, it is where it is. It's just a shitty loss that really looking at the calendar previously, it's like you mark that as a dub, you know, you mark, we're a better team. No Hopkins, all's good. You know, had a tough loss against the chargers that, we played hard and then we end up laying an egg. So very frustrating, but I, I want, I'm over it. I'm, I just, I've listened, watched, talked about it too much this in the last three days. And I'm just like, we're on to Tennessee. So that's where I'm at, dude. Yeah. And it's, it's just, it's rough all around. And I, you know, I, to play off your point of uh Raiders fan, um, I saw, Plenty of uh, Josh McDaniels should be fired tweets and stuff out there that he shouldn't be head coach anymore. So that's cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, we saw last year there was plenty of games that we kind of penciled in. You think, yeah, you get a win, you don't. And then there's games where you're like, man, I didn't expect us to be that team. And we do. And so it's like there's give or take around there. But something along those lines where, like, I think every year we kind of look at stuff and we see this team has gradually gotten better year in and year out from what it seems like. And we always have this, uh, you know, newfound like expectations for things. I think until we see this Raiders team be able to close out games and close out teams, especially when you're up by that much, that's when I will believe that we are truly changing and truly different. Um, our talent has gotten better, but man, one of the struggles with is being able to close out games. We are great at making comebacks. We're great. DC is great at making a comeback and, winning us a game at the end, but to be able to close out a team when you have the lead until we start doing that, I will just forever still be skeptical uh, to a certain level. Yeah, no doubt. It's one that we just got to chalk up as an L, frustrating one. Hopefully we can learn from, had some early season struggles and hopefully we're able to write the ship before it's too late. So we're going to move on to our new betting segment. Before we do, Micah, tell the people who, this part of your podcast is brought to you and everyone. Bye. Yeah, as always, uh, brought to you uh, by DraftKings. The NFL action is in full swing here at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. We're talking touchdowns, big plays, and even bigger wins. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get 200 bets if it's not enough. Everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Right now, for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. With payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? To make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day, all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use free bets if your team wins when you place a $5 bet on any football game. That's code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. 
All right, and we are back. Um, we are back to our RTP betting segment of the week. Thank you, DraftKings. We support you, and thank you for supporting us. So just going to give a quick recap on how, how we did, how we did last week. We, remember, this is a we thing, Mike, me and you. We are RTP, mostly you, depending on who you talk to. So the first week I had for my three-game parlay, I had the Packers taking over the Bears, had the Niners taken the win against the Seahawks, and had the Bengals, the Bengals beating the Cowboys. And if you would have asked me which one I felt the best about, it would have probably been the Bengals. And by golly, they lost. Um, so that parlay did not hit. I'm so sorry. We are so sorry, everyone, for that loss, um, but did not cover that one. So 0 for 1. Then go into the underdog of the week. This is the team that was favor that was not favored. That was the dog. Um, and we took the, uh, to win straight up. And so that was the Steelers at home against the Patriots. They did not win either. They, it was a really weird game, not a ton of points. Um, and they lost at home against the Patriots. So winnable game. That's not how betting works. You take the L. Now my lock of the week, the Jets, a dang Jets plus six and a half against the Browns on the road and they won straight up baby. And if you recall, I did say I was considering having them be in my lock of the week as the underdog and I didn't take them, but you know, went one for three and just like the Raiders, there's only, only ways to improve from here. So I'm going to get into this week three, three game parlay. And sometimes you, you know, you have a, a great relationship. Things don't work out. You end up going seeing other people and then you come back to town. It's basically like every Netflix Christmas themed movie. Um, small town, the guy finds his way back, his high school sweetheart, she's there, and they end up getting together. I'm getting back together with the Bengals. Come on, guys, you can't let me down now. It didn't work the first time. We're different people. It's been a week. Okay, I have the Bengals taken over the New York Jets, and man, I know what you're thinking. You just have the Jets. They they were the reason you didn't go over, and then the Bengals were the reason you didn't cover the parlay. Um, we got to move on. We got to change. Okay, different people now. And uh, I'm going to take the Bengals over the Jets. Next game, um, I have the Eagles beating the Washington Commanders. Eagles are on fire, as you saw on Monday night. They do have to travel to Washington, um, but I just see that as this Eagles team is way too hot right now. See them taking over. Commanders, Carson Wentz will do Carson Wentz things, um, and hopefully that will work out in our favor. Take the Eagles there. Um, and then last one, have the Chargers at home beating the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars have been a lot better than advertised, playing a lot tougher games. Chargers had a tough loss on Thursday. Herbert got banged up. They did have a long week. Jacksonville does have to travel to Los Angeles. See the Chargers winning that one. So give me the Bengals. Give me the Eagles. Give me the Chargers. That's my three-game parlay. Now to my dog of the week. Underdog. That is not favored. Hence the underdog. That will win outright. Give me the Atlanta Falcons over the Seattle Seahawks. Now plus two on the road against Seattle. What does that mean? That means they would be favored anywhere else if it wasn't Seattle, okay? They'd be favored at a neutral site. They'd be favored at home. Falcons played the Rams tough. They played the Saints tough in week one. Seahawks team is not a good team. They took care of the Broncos. We are still thankful for that. I'm going to have the Atlanta Falcons traveling to Seattle, take it on the Seahawks, coming out victorious. Give me that dog of the week. Let's go, baby. Um, and then last one. 
this is just the lock of the week. So last week I did, you know, the Jets with points. Okay, it could be either or. Giving points, getting points. I'm going to take the Chiefs minus six and a half on the road against Indianapolis. The Chiefs are like Hansel so hot right now, and it sucks to see. Um, the Colts are not actually. They are. They got blanked by the Jaguars, twenty to nothing. Matt Ryan looks like he has been Matty Ice on ice for the last two weeks. Not good. Not sure what's going on with that team. Give me six and a half. That's that means Chiefs win by one touchdown. Yeah, put it on the board. Yes. So, in summary, the Bengals, Eagles, Chargers, three game parlay, straight up money line winners. Give me the Falcons on the road to win as the Dogs against Seattle. And then give me the Chiefs minus six and a half. That is the lock of the week. Come on, baby. Let's do it. Micah, thoughts? Well, that's fantastic. I love that um, you are, I wouldn't say going back to a scorned lover um, with the Bengals. I think that it's just more of like a, you can't let me down a second time. Like, come on, I'll give you a second chance type of thing. But she's changed. Yeah. She's, she's changed. Okay. She's matured since last week. Yes. So uh, we shall see, but I do, I do like it. You know, I think with the Eagles and the Chargers, uh, both are hot right now, especially the Eagles. So take them. Good. Well, I'm glad you're in support. Um, so we're going to preview this week three match coming up. Uh, but before we do, Micah, tell us who this second half of the podcast is brought to you by. Hopefully not the second half like the Raiders game on Sunday, but the second half of this podcast, who is this second half episode of RTP brought to us by? Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, shout out to our new sponsor, uh, Raycon. Lately, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts, been uh, every once in a while hitting up some, uh, you know, Netflix, um, not at the house, but on my phone. So I got to have some earbuds in, right? And it's been great. One of the reasons it's been great, Raycon Wireless to do it. Raycon's everyday earbuds look, feel, and sound better than ever. With optimized gel tips for the perfect in-ear fit, these earbuds are so comfortable and they will not budge. Trust me. Raycon gives you eight hours of playtime and 32-hour battery life. Raycons are priced just right. You get quality audio at half the price of other premium audio brands. It's no wonder Raycon's everyday earbuds have over 50,000 five-star reviews. They have three customizable sound profiles, earbud tap functions, and awareness mode. One thing that was nice after this game, anything um, really just needed to tune out the thing about Sundays is that when the Raider game's on, especially afternoon time, everything you need to get done during the day gets pushed off till after the game. And that can drastically affect uh, how well something gets done um, and how long it takes to get something done uh, based off your mood. So that being said, being able to throw the earbuds in, just tune out, get stuff done, um, let my anger swirl on the inside um, and not take it out on things on the outside. Go to buyraycon.com today. And use code TPPN15 to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's code TPPN15 at buyraycon.com to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com, code TPPN15. Alrighty. Well, thank you, Raycon. I mean, every time you read that that prompt, I, I think of Acon. You know, maybe you're listening to Acon with your Raycon buds. Okay. Um, I would encourage that next time, hopefully on a victory Sunday. And hopefully it is week three. So, Week three, here we go. We have the your Las Vegas Raiders traveling to Nashville, Tennessee, to take on 
the Tennessee Titans. Um, both teams are 0-2. Raiders were a playoff team last year. The Titans were the number one seed. So two teams that are a little bit down in the dumps, okay, down in the dumps right now. What you have is um, currently, um, and it's a 10 a.m. game too for everyone out there, 10 a.m. game traveling on the East, East Coast. Um, so got to account for that. Raiders heading out there, um, currently favored by two points. Raiders are two-point favorites. Um, Over-under set at 45 and a half. Micah, actually, if you would like, I can go through um, the injury report. So before we do the Raiders right now, um, Brandon Bolden, Andre James, Trayvon Morig, Denzel Perriman, Hunter Renfro, all listed as questionable. Brandon Bolden didn't play last week. James didn't play last week. Morig didn't play last week. Perriman didn't play last week. Um, Hunter Renfro did get concussed or they believed got concussed um, the last play of the game where he got smoked and we lost the game. We'll see. It's, it's early. It's Wednesday. Um, we'll see um, if, if they are able to um, maybe end up making the game, but something to keep an eye on there. So on the other side, or for the Titans, at least we got Jamarco Jones. He's a tackle. He's questionable. Bud Dupree, um, linebacker DN, he is questionable. A um, couple guys they got on IR and then also um, Taylor Luan got hurt on Monday night. Um, so we don't know exactly what his status is, but more likely trending to where he does not play on Sunday. So um, with that, Micah, would you like to start with the Raiders offense versus the Tennessee Titans defense? Yeah, absolutely. This is going to be an interesting matchup. I feel like um, the Titans always have one of those defenses that at any time can be very frisky slash good. Um, so it feels like they're either absolutely dog shit terrible um, or they're like frisky goodish. I watched back the the last couple games um, against the Bills and against the Giants, mainly the one against the Giants. Uh, and I actually, baby, um, three keys to the game uh, against the Titans. A couple of them did have to do with our offense. Um, so one thing that I noticed was that they like to try to dial up blitzes, it seemed like, uh, especially against the Giants. They were doing multiple things with Kevin Byard, their safety, who's kind of a do-it-all guy. You know, they've got some pretty good talent across the defensive uh, front seven with Justin Simmons and X-Raider uh, Danico Autry and then Zach Cunningham, a linebacker on the inside linebacker. So um, it seemed like they tried to do um, they, they tried to pull a lot of stunts. They 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 blitz pretty decently. And um, I, I think as a offensive line that we have that's still trying to gel together, still trying to um, figure things out that is one thing I kind of expect them to do a lot of to try to confuse us. One of those keys of the game, offensive line continuity. Um, being able to adjust, being able to call out blitzes and just trust the guy next to you that things are getting picked up. They're going to help when they need help. Double teams are going to be, you know, had and whatnot. Um, and being able to pick up corners or safeties coming off the edge last minute. They seem to do a pretty good job at flushing Daniel Jones out of the pocket many a times. Um, they even you know, gave Josh Allen uh, some fits, even though they got blown out in that game. Um, they, they had a couple of plays where guys last second came off the edge and, and kind of pulled it. So the big thing is is just the continuity of our offense, being able to adjust to those things because DC has had, you know, people in his face. Uh, you know, we saw it all game with the Chargers. And I think because of the fact that we're still trying to find out, not necessarily who our starters are, but we've been having a huge carousel of people playing at O-line. Uh, if Andre James is going to be still out, you got Parham starting at center again. You know, that that's going to be hard for those guys. That'll be very important for us. One of the other ones what I think is going to be able to effectively 
run play action. I've heard that um, we don't run play action before, so we'll see what happens there. But, you know, we've seen Josh McDaniels get kind of spicy a little bit with the screens. We saw him running a lot in preseason, kind of incorporated that. Getting the backs in the passing game a lot more, that kind of stuff obviously sets things up for run game and bigger stuff like that. But with the play action, if we can be effective in the run game, like we were in the first half against the Cardinals, with them bringing linebackers, trying to blitz, especially if they're blitzing any corners or bringing Bayard off the edge, if we can get that play action to, you know, distract them. You know, DC loves that little seam over the middle with with Waller, like we talked about where he threw that one pick, or getting Renfro or Devontae Adams on a drag across the field, stuff like that. And it's going to open up the middle a little bit if they're, if we're causing them to kind of suck up their linebackers. I don't know what else to say outside of the fact that like, this has just got to be, you know, a, uh, you know, get right game for us. So I'll pose this for you that you can answer real quick before you get into your, your defensive stuff. But are we on uh, must win or can't lose in this game? It's definitely a get right game. Uh, Must win. Yeah. This is a must win. Yeah. I feel the same thing. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's definitely a must win. I mean, just like the Cardinals game was last week, you know, well, Cardinals game was a can't lose. This is a must win, um, I'll say. So, yeah, I, I agree with that stuff, man. I mean, th- I think we got to get more balanced attack um, like we started to against the Cardinals and and work off that play action. The Raiders do run play action. Contrary to popular belief, um, they do. So, yeah, on the on the defensive side here, um, you know, I think number one, you look at um, you look at the Titans offense. Um, you look at Derrick Henry. He's someone that has started out a little bit slow this year. He's going to be the main vocal point. Um, Tannehill has struggled. He struggled on Monday night. They did put in Malik Willis. They were getting blown out. So however you'd like to read into that, um, I think it was just an opportunity to see the young guy, um, see how he can play. But um, I don't think Tannehill's on the hot seat just yet. But he has struggled. Um, So I think the center, um, the vocal point is going to be Derrick Henry, as it always should be. Um, So the Raiders, they have to be able to shut him down early, make Tannehill beat you. Um, And then this is a team that did – you know, lose their number one receiver, A.J. Brown. Um, lost him in the offseason um, with that trade on draft day, um, and they replaced him theoretically with Traylon, um, Traylon Burke. So um, he's someone that's their leading receiver right now. And also Robert Woods was a free agent acquisition in the offseason. It was taking a little bit longer to get to get on the same page with Tannehill. So I think they have some solid weapons. I think overall we got a key on Henry. I think that's no duh. Um, but I think they're going to try to slow it down. It's going to be a fight in a phone booth kind of game. They're, they're, they're going to try to out-physical us on the defensive line, like you mentioned, and also, too, um, they're going to try to bully our defensive line. Losing Taylor Luan for their um, for their front is going to be tough. I, I actually – he's not officially out, so you know, take me for that. But I'm pretty confident just with the injury. Um, they don't know what it is necessarily, but it's going to be tough for him to, to get back on the field on a short week, seeing how they played Monday night. So, you know, all in all, I think this is going to be a game that we really need Denzel Perriman back. He's going to be critical um, in stopping the run. You know, hopefully we're able to get Morig back. If not, I still feel good about Jerron Harmon um, being out there. And and really, this is this is something where we we just got to buckle down. We got to be able to get off the field on third downs. Give our offense you know more opportunities to to drive to extend drives. That's going to be on them. But um, I think if we're able to to get off the field, you know, contain Henry um, as much as we can. This is a game that I, I do believe we are um, we outmatch them on the defensive side, and I and I believe the same on the offensive side as well. So. You know, not not much. <coughs> excuse me, not much else to say about that. The corners I, I have been you know happy with. I mean, I think really what a point of that is that they have played um, pretty good in man coverage. You know, you, Rock, you saw Rocky Sin play well um, last week. Um, you saw you know the guys in the back end 
making plays all across the field. Um, I think this is a team that can play man, you know, if, if it is necessary and it might be necessary in those heavier boxes, you know, stacking seven or eight man in the box um, to stop Henry and just trusting on your guys to line up against Burks, against Woods, um, things like that. So I, you know, I think this is the game that the Raiders have an advantage there. Um, I'm not super shocked their favorite on the road. They are the better team, but once again, it's, it's a challenge. You're coming off a deflating loss against the Cardinals and they got to respond. That's why it's a must win, but that's why I do think that, this is a game that we should take. And um, yeah, I'll pause there before we get into our official predictions. Um, unless you have anything else to add there, Micah. No, I think like, uh, you know, Henry is going to be a focal point because he actually has had a very slow start. Um, I think that I saw something where he averaged um, 22 or 25 carries a game last year. And he's had a total of, I think, 30 carries through the last two games. Now, that being said, you know, they were being blown out by a lot. But this is a prototypical, like, get-right game for him coming against a Raiders team, right? Um, This is a game where they might try to get him out there and, you know, try to get him the ball 25, 28 times. Yeah, I think it'll it'll be big if we can get Perriman back. Hopefully he's not on out for this game too um but yeah it'll be interesting we'll see we'll see what happens all righty well let's get into our predictions then once again raiders are favored by two on the road over under 45 and a half micah what say you my friend i am going to go i mean i wholeheartedly think the raiders can win this game and maybe i just feel like that every game but i think this is absolutely a must win for us like you said i think we're going to go out there and do so i am going to call it 28-24 Raiders. All righty. Well, not too far off from where I was going. I am going 27-21 Raiders. Um, I think they win. I think they cover. Um, I think it's going to be a tough game, but ultimately I think our offense gets back. Um, our defense is plays tough enough, you know, and hopefully we can jump on these guys quick um, and get out of Tennessee, get out of Nashville with a dub, man. Get out early, you know, blow them out if you need to. Go catch some live country music right after the game. But yeah, I got Raiders 27-21. Mikey, you got them 28-24. That's our preview. That's our podcast for the week. Raider Nation, love you guys. Sit down up until Sunday. You got to sit down with how tough that was. Do your thing. But when it comes Sunday, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, stand up. It is time to roll. This is a must win. Raider Nation, love you guys. Peace. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, should be interesting. Should be fun. Hopefully you can go on and get a W. If we lose this game, maybe I'll start looking into the 2023 draft. But uh, until then, uh, we appreciate the love. Please share, subscribe, rate, review. Give us those five stars on Apple Podcast. Uh, go check out the YouTube channel. Go check out, uh, go download or check out Just Blog Baby. You know, I'm trying to trying to work on getting some more writing in uh, again and whatnot. So go check out the uh, the third option to my keys of the game. Just I told you two of them on my side, but. Hope you guys enjoy this game. 